0: Welcome back, my beautiful listening audience. Thank you so much for downloading our content and sharing it around, which I know you do because if you weren't doing it, the audience wouldn't be growing the way that it is. And I'm super, super happy about that. Very thankful, very proud. And if you were not aware, we do have two other Noggin Notes podcasts now. One is out of Africa and the other is out of Cambodia. Tai Pishmoni does the Cambodian podcast and Kembo Kiala does the... African podcast, and both are wonderful gentlemen who are absolute scholars and they have amazing guests on talking about mental wellness around the world. It's really, really cool. So, check out the Naga Notes Cambodia and Naga Notes Africa podcast if you wish. If you like this stuff, you'll definitely like theirs. My interview today is with Adam Sikorsky and Angel Littlefield. Angel is a clinical professional counselor intern here at Zephyr. Adam is a financial advisor up in Alaska, both of whom have been on the show before, but now they're here together talking about app dating because they have some pretty deep experience with that, and they're going to share their insights with you guys. I was very, very impressed. I just sat back and listened. I think I I did less talking on this podcast than I did on any other podcast prior. So I'm always humbled and honored by our guests to, you know, be a part of when they share stuff with the audience. And I always learn something and I know you will too. We figured it's good timing coming up on Valentine's day here. And, um, you know, around the time that people get frustrated about their lack of romance or whatever. And, especially during a pandemic when we're either, you know, uh, locked down by forced or choice, uh, choose to be socially isolated. Um, people get lonely and they turn to the internet and they turn to apps to connect. And so we want to be aware of some of the the, the risks out there, but also acknowledge some of the benefits. So I hope we do that with this show. In the meantime, check out our sponsors, Zephyr Wellness, which is my company. We have a, a, a growing YouTube channel and you can subscribe and follow us there or on Instagram or on Facebook, where you can also see the, the same videos if you're on the other platforms. Um alongside that we also are sponsored by Audible. Go to Audibletrial.com slash notes, get a free 30-day trial, free audiobook download, keep the download if you cancel the trial. And that's pretty much it. We uh we invite you to to continue listening, check in on your mental wellness, take a free and anonymous mental health screening from our partner organization, Walk the Talk America. WTTA.org slash love is where you can get a free and anonymous mental health screening. Make sure that your uh, your head engine is running well and uh, the belts and hoses are tight. <laughs> Thanks again. This is my interview with Adam and Angel talking about app dating. Enjoy. Welcome, Angel Littlefield and Adam Sikorsky. You have both actually been on this show before, but individually, and now you're here. Collectively, say hi hi, hi hey. <laughs> thrilling I'm sure hi. uh so it was angel's idea to come onto the program and talk about uh app dating because you're a single woman in a modern world, <laughs> and Adam and I have been friends for many years twenty ish or something more than that. And I know that you also have been in the app dating realm for quite some time. Um so when we introduce when you introduce yourselves, um talk a little bit about like what you do professionally and then what age group you might be in and then discuss geography and uh, we'll just go from there. Cuz I'm totally ignorant to this. I've I've been married since uh 2011 in the same relationship since 2010 and it all exploded after that for for the most part. So, I'm I'm going to learn too. So, Angel, you go first. It was your idea.
1: All right. So, I am Angel. Um I work here at Zephyr as a clinical professional counseling intern. Uh I am 38. I don't mind saying my age.
0: Oh, you wrinkled your face like you weren't sure.
1: I I believe <laughs> last time I checked. Um what else?
0: Any other demography? And also, you live here in uh, northern Nevada.
1: Uh, yep. Hmm. I live in northern Nevada. I am a single mom.
0: Fair enough. How yeah. old are your kids?
1: Um, my daughter is 14 and my son is four.
0: Okay. Uh, that's probably good to, to start with so people can get an idea of what, what's going on. Adam,
2: you're up. Yeah. Uh, my name is Adam Sikorsky. I'm an independent financial advisor. I live in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I had some I recently announced that at some group meeting and someone said, well, what do you self identify as? I said, well, math and science say I'm 40. So I'm 40. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I think it was young professionals networking group. And I was like, I'm too old to be here. <laughs> I've, aged, I've aged out. I've been part of the group for a while. I was like, I've aged out. I'm 40. I think the cap is 39. Like, well, what do you self identify as? I was like, math and science say I'm forty so I'm forty but I don't get to choose that <laughs>
0: my my uh, belief in my head is that I'm perpetually stuck at twenty six and I'm gonna <laughs> stick with that so all right so let's let's talk about this you you're you're both uh, single for all intent and purpose I know adam you're in a committed relationship now but um it wasn't that way for some time and I don't know how much you want to go into gory personal details but it's been entertaining to say the least uh, when you when you both bellyache to me about uh, and you do about your uh, struggles and and foibles uh, over this this whole thing. But but Angel's concern, I think, was more about like. What's it doing to us, right? Like on a on a psychological level, on a social level. I know Adams, you you've got some opinions about that too. So I think I'd rather just sit back and let you guys talk. And I do because I don't know where to even start with this. Maybe maybe start with the artificiality of the struggle, but um, there's also some some benefits
2: I think built in. I don't know. Yeah, it's a double edged double edged sword. Um, so Angel, how did you get into online dating or the dating I, app world?
1: I became single.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shocking. Um, weird. Myself as well. Strange. <laughs> um, it'd been a while since I had been single, and I was a single mother, and I didn't really. My life usually resolved, revolved around work and kids and grad school. And so to go out and meet people was very difficult, and I didn't even know how to do it besides bars, which is not necessarily what I wanted to do anymore. <laughs> So I would, and honestly, in the beginning, it was very hard to transition from being in a you know a relationship with somebody that I had you know a child with to going into the dating world again. And so it started out with just honestly wanting compliments and just somebody to tell me I'm pretty and have a nice conversation with somebody, and then developed into more. Gotcha. What about you, sir?
2: Ah, uh, well. Um I was married for quite some time and then uh, that failed. And so um as that was ending, um I was kind of focused on my just my individual life, you know, building up my professional practice and those things and um you know when you're married, I spent 11 years uh with my ex-wife from the day we started dating to the day it all was over. And uh you know I think there's a, there's a, a desire for communion and connect connection with people that's hardwired in everybody. And so, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> when I got to the point where I definitely wasn't ready for a long-term relationship, but I was ready to like begin dipping my toe in the water, mm-hmm. you know, seeing who was out there and, you know, you take an 11 year break from meeting people with the idea that you're going to pursue them romantically. Uh, it was a, I mean, I had to relearn that, you know, like, like skiing for the first time in 11 years after breaking your leg or, you know, or something like that. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, when I, when I met my ex-wife, like dating apps weren't a thing, online <laughs> dating was just emerging as not being creepy, um, You know, match.com and Harmony and all those things were trying to come up with algorithms that got people to connect and make it a normal way to meet. Um, Dating apps didn't exist. And so it was this new thing that emerged that sort of everyone was on. And, you know, all my my friends were encouraging me to get on them and, you know, go meet women and do these things. And they were encouraging me to meet women for the wrong reasons. And they weren't, you know, that wasn't my. they wanted me to have a lot of one night stands and sort of wipe my past clean or, you know, use that as a numbing agent. And I was like, well, that's not really me. It's not why I do that. And so, um, eventually, uh, I warmed up to it. Um, cause my sister mentioned that she was on one. And so my sister is a fairly moral individual. And so I was like, okay, well, if you're on dating apps, then it may not be what I think it is to let me go at least see what it is and then figure it out from there, whether or not it's for me or not. Um, and so I, that was what, two and a half? Well, I've been divorced two and a half years. So uh, maybe a year and a half ago um, that I sort of started to sort of like see what was out there um, and have had a A variety of experiences, I'll just say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely get that. I I think it's interesting too, though, because I am curious of the guy's perspective of it because I know that as a woman going into that, the approach that you get is often – not what you expect. So, you know, you you have your little bio and your little, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And even if it says long term relationship, let's just say it's very interesting (laughs) what you get when you first open up that chat conversation.
2: Hmm. So you yeah, saying inappropriateness people, is what you get.
0: Yeah. People are not necessarily representing themselves accurately.
1: Yeah. Well, on not on a, the
0: internet. <laughs> I don't believe
1: it. <laughs> what? Well, I'm talking more inappropriate. Like they won't even say hi and will send pictures that they should not be sending. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. So decorum is just out the window? Yeah. That would make me really gun shy.
1: And it is.
2: Huh. Okay. <laughs> So it's, it's interesting to see. So I think everybody puts up different profiles for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to see what people put up and why and how they present themselves. Um, Like you said, the messages that, well, the messages that women get are quite different. I think than the messages that men get. Um, I've never, you know, been solicited for a dick pic or anything like that out the gate. You know, or I don't think at all actually. Um, <clears throat> and if they did, that would be an instant block. You know, uh, you know, I, I would disassociate from that pretty quickly. Well, but, um... and there's
1: some some though they they put it that way. So like, I mean, there's there's certain things that I teach people whether it's like friends that are coming to me because I did it for a long time or like clients or whatever is. I'm like, pay attention to the pictures that they're putting up. Pay attention to the bio. Pay attention to what they're saying. What What is your intuition saying about this? Because I'll tell you what, if I see a guy that all of his pictures are shirtless or he's with, you know, a whole bunch of things, I have a pretty good idea what he's looking for, which is fine if that's on the same line of what you're looking for also.
2: Because there absolutely are women who that's what they're looking for. Yeah. They're, you know, They're looking for a topless guy to – to hook up with and they're not looking for a relationship. And that's, what's interesting about it in sort of going into it as a, when I, when I first, you know, downloaded a dating app, I, I went into it sort of from the mindset of I'm going to observe, I'm going to get in the ocean and observe what's there. I'm not going to actively participate, but I'm just going to sort of watch and try to figure out what the, the field of play is. So I can understand how I'm supposed to navigate this environment that I've never navigated before. Um, And I, you know, I think that's fair. Like, you know, I don't think many children uh, play sports without first watching them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And if they were like, if you were to gear a kid up with hockey skates and a stick and throw him on the ice and he had never skated, never even watched a hockey game, he would have, he would be uh it would be a perilous environment for him, right? Or football, same thing. But at least if they watch for a little bit, they go, Oh, Oh, here's how you move. Oh, this is what they do. Oh, they're chasing a puck. Oh, Oh. And so <clears throat> one of the things that I noticed, um, so one of my friends had told me, he was like, get ready to, um, really question your confidence and like, lose your, uh, self-worth through these apps. And I was mm-hmm. like, "What?" Well, He's like, yeah, like you're going to you're going to have so many experiences that make you question who you are and whether or not you're likable or lovable or relatable or funny or not funny or something's wrong with you. Um, and uh, and he's like, it's going to really, really mess with you. And I don't think it did to the degree that he thought it would. Um, I sort of was a little bit dismissive. I was like, well, I'm a pretty confident person. I have a lot going for me. I bring a lot to the table, so I'm not really worried about people just dismissing me and treating me like trash or anything like that. And then I experienced <laughs> <laughs> the dating app world, and I'm actually glad that he told me that going in, so I knew uh, to ex, I guess knew to expect it, so that I could manage it and actually not lose any self of any sense of self worth or value. So I've actually um, noticed
1: a trend with that. So not even just with myself, but other people is in the beginning. It's like fun. You're like, oh, my gosh, I have all these dates. I'm meeting these people. Yay. This is so much fun. And it's the game. And then re- it's like reality starts to hit. And you're like, you're having the same conversations. What are your hobbies? Oh, my gosh. I hated that question so freaking much by the end. Uh, <laughs> what are your hobbies? What do you do? You know what? Don't you, you know, list that anyway? Yeah. Nobody sometimes, reads. yeah. Sometimes, no. Oh. It depends
2: oh. on the app and the person. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Okay. But it wouldn't matter because they still ask the same questions. And so then, then you get that and then you start to get complacent and then you get ghosted because it doesn't matter. You think that you're having good conversations and you're having, you know, having fun, playful banter or whatever. And then all of a sudden mm. they're just gone.
2: I get it. Yeah. And that's and that's the so this is the side of the. So the the positive side, I guess, you know, say the positives and then sort of focus on where it can really be challenging Um, since this is a mental health podcast, you know, where it can challenge mental health. So the, the positive side is that there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily super social or outgoing or they don't know where to meet people. And there might be someone out there that is a truly good fit for them but without a platform for lots of people to meet in one place, they would not cross paths with that individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective, I think they offer a, a high degree of utility potentially. Yes. Um, but that's, I think about the most that you can say positively about the dating app <laughs> world. And the rest is overwhelmingly negative. I think Um, and I, because of, uh, because of what it does. So I, I think I've talked to Jake about this before, but, um, my, and I could be completely wrong about this because I do finance for a living, not behavioral health. Um, but don't, don't give us too much credit. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's okay. I'll Um, just judge you a little.
2: (laughs) My, my perspective of communication is that when it first began, whenever and wherever it began it started with body language and that's why mm-hmm. an overwhelming or the majority of our communication is body language interpretation. That's probably why this conversation will be better since we can see each other via video than had I kept my screen stale because <laughs> you can't those social cues that you read from someone in interpret eyebrow lifts and, you know, testing your hair and getting nervous, blushing the simple act of blushing all of those things mean a lot of things. And, and so the energy, Yeah. Yeah. And um, so when communication began before we had language, assuming that we didn't have language, you had body language. And so uh, you were able to understand a lot about the other person that you're engaging with, with communication without speaking to them, but there's a whole lot missing from that. And so then we invented the spoken language. Right. And we all agreed that the sound that we made from the hole in our face was a tree (laughs) and tree meant that thing. And we all agreed and it works up to about 97 to 99% of what we're trying to communicate. But how do I communicate that tree is going to fall to a guy that's a thousand yards away? Or how do I communicate that there's an invader coming to my friend a hundred miles away? Well, you need the written word. And so we invented that. And so, but the written word is just text that fills in this tiny, tiny, tiny gap that supports all of this, uh, visual and audio context of communication and and it's I think communication is best when it starts with body language and then spoken word tone and then the written language and what apps have done is they've taken the smallest form of communication and made that the primary way of communicating with people. It has also made it an open marketplace that quantifies people instead of qualifying them as people with characteristics. It dehumanizes. Oh, yeah. And that's like when you spoke about ghosting. So it it turns, like I guess, up to the, I think historically, up to the point of dating apps, the way you met people was, at least it has been for me, you you were in a room with someone you thought they were cute or they thought you were cute. Somehow you figured out how to make your paths cross and then you explored past the visual attraction to see if there's anything there that you connected to. And if you did, and it was mutual, then you engaged and pursued until it didn't work anymore. Um, And so you'd go like two people would meet and that was sort of like one-on-one. It would be that until it didn't work, it broke, and then on to the next. But the dating app world is a numbers game where it's, everyone's taking a shot and there's so many people connecting to so many people that you sort of like, it's sort of like chum in the water when you go fishing. Like you throw out a lot of bait and a lot of hooks and you hope that something hits. And sometimes you can throw out, because you're like ripping through, you see so many people on a, It's essentially a visual menu and you're going, Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Uh, I might like that. And so you check a box, swipe, right, make a comment, whatever the thing might be, but you don't know that they're necessarily going to even see your profile. So if you go, Oh, that person looks really interesting. I'm going to sit and wait and see if they think I'm interesting. You may never have an opportunity to communicate with them or pursue them because the algorithms don't necessarily cross your paths. The way that you would cross paths with someone in their physical space where you go, oh, I'm interested in that. I'm going to go pursue that or do something to get them to pursue me, whether it's make a show or make myself marketable or interesting or whatever the thing is that you're doing. And so it turns into this numbers game where you're just throwing out as much interest as possible, hoping that someone else is also mutually interested in you. So that's different for
1: women, though. Because we don't have to wait. So where you guys might get like five matches or five people to come up, we're going to get like 200. And seriously, because what what I've noticed even by the males that I have talked to is like they'll just they won't even like not always as generally speaking. A lot of them told me that they'll just say yes on all of them.
2: I've heard that. I and think that's a horrible thing. It, but
1: it is, and so then, as a woman, like going through, you get a you get a lot of matches just being a woman in general. Yeah, and. That's one of the things that I always tell my people, too, is know what you're going in for. Know what you want. Now, I'm not talking about a list. You have to, you know, make this a year. You have to do this. You have to do this. You're limiting yourself. You're dehumanizing the person. What are the qualities that you want? What are you looking for? Do you want something long term? Do you want something, you know, casual? Do you want somebody with kids, without kids that, you know, is family oriented? Or, you know, like look for qualities that are important to you. And so when these situations happen you get matched with somebody you want different things maybe somebody you know wants to have kids and somebody doesn't that's kind of that's a huge thing and it doesn't mean that it's against your self-worth it means that that is somebody who is just at a different place than you are and finding somebody who is at the same place i
0: want to i want to ask about this uh roboticized um machination that adam described and you assented you, you know, you didn't disagree. So it was, you know, it's just it's different for women because their the volume is so much greater. But but both point to this, which is is there a desensitization that goes on?
1: Oh yeah. So. yeah. When you start talking and having a conversation, it's possible that 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 humanizing comes back. But even then, it, it takes time. So like I recently, oh I have a boyfriend now oh nice (laughs) so i we're all learning new things hey um (laughs) but like in the beginning they're all the same what are your hobbies you know blah Mm -hmm. blah blah the reason he interested with me because it wasn't like that at all Wow! so it then you know it catches your interest of like oh wait this isn't the same freaking conversation i've been having for two years that's amazing and then you start to get asked questions and then you start to get to know each other more Mm. and then maybe you switch to Facebook Messenger or texting if you feel comfortable or Snapchat or whatever other social media thing there is.
2: Did you get desensitized, Adam? Hugely so. Um, And I think like so there's that, right? There's the stale conversations. There's the, oh, you're physically attractive, but you're but that and and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a stale individual. It just means Mm -hmm. that the conversation didn't take off. Yep. Which is unfortunate because the perfect person for you could be that person that you're like, well, that was a boring conversation, unmatch, or you don't unmatch, but you just sort of like let it linger and hang there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the challenges is because it is a numbers game, Um, you have to assume that multiple people are talking to multiple people. And you can't really juggle, I mean, you can juggle Multiple conversations, but you can't juggle multiple romantic relationships. Uh, I think even <laughs> well, the
1: conversation, I, multiple conversations yeah. are hard. Well, you, yeah, it's well, like, yeah,
2: well, did I already but, share this with a person? <laughs>
1: but, yep. <laughs> yeah, and so up. this is
2: where this is where ghosting comes in and the dehumanizing effect that it has on people is you can let's say you connect with someone and all of a sudden you have hope, right? Like, oh, I hope this works out. That's why I swiped right on them or connected with them in the first place, and then they could be the guy who swipes right on everybody and then decides whether or not they're going to stay matched with them. And like mm-hmm. how, like how, how or how demoralizing is it to someone who connects with someone that they have hope right. to pursue only to be dropped within minutes or seconds? Um, be, because of someone else's pattern of con- connecting or how they approach this app and like, you know, how many people like dream of dating above their level, right? Like, Every nerd out there hopes to date the supermodel or the cheerleader or whatever it is like that. And so like how demoralizing would it be to be like, oh, man, I'm really interested in that person. Well, kind of like college, like I'm going to apply to Harvard. Don't think I'm going to get in my safety school is UNR or whatever it is. And so you, all of a sudden you get into Harvard and you're like, whoa, this person really like this person's beautiful and they're interesting and <gasps> great. And then they're gone. And mm-hmm. like that chips away, at you you know, at your soul, your heart, your your self-worth. And then you get into the conversation side of it and because it's not a, you don't connect to the person via the app as if they were a true person. They're just a fate. They're, they're just a name on a screen with a face and you're chatting, but it's not much more than like, is it a chat bot or a real person? Is it a customer service chat line or an individual? Mm -hmm. Don't think of them in the full context of them being a person. And, You also have no idea what's going on in their life. So you could have a good conversation that just dies and you get ghosted. Not because they're ghosting you, but because they lost their phone Mm -hmm. and they dropped it in the water or something tragic happened in their life or they just got sick of it and they were overwhelmed because they put their, they dipped their toes into the pool and every fish swam up to them. And then they're like, whoa, this is too much. And they deleted the app, but didn't delete their profile.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and we take it personally. No, no, you don't know. And so then
2: your mind has to fill in these gaps, which is a dangerous thing for the mind to do because, you know, I think we're, as part of our safety mechanism, we're wired to often assume the worst as a protection and safety mechanism. And so –
0: Well, that's assuming you're healthy too. I mean there's a lot of people who are lacking in self-efficacy and self-worth and and are, you know, pretty insecure. And so imagine the recipient – be, you know, holding those qualities and then getting you know, ghosted. Um.
1: Well, but that's so one of those things, too, especially with the mental health part of it is all of these things will pile. So all of these people, maybe they were interest- uninterested, unmatched, whatever, where then you get these people who are so reactive to anything, um, where I've been yelled at and screamed at over some, well, you didn't get back to me in two days, where it was like an hour. And I'm like, who are you? No, I work. Like, I'm not going to be on my phone all day. Like, wow. what is happening? Wow. It's, oh, yeah.
0: It really, it really is like, it's the keyboard warrior, but in a much more... I guess, um, stakes are higher, mm-hmm. a more, more, uh, significant interaction because you're talking about human relationships and, you know, potential romantic considerations as opposed to opinions on politics, which you see on like Twitter. But, the, but it's fascinating to hear that the exchanges are the same. It's like we've become disposable.
1: Well, and it's in, in a lot <laughs> of times what gets forgotten, forgotten too, is the woman aspect of We have to be worried about our safety. So when guys are like, oh, well, let's just go meet right now. Well, no, I have – I had a tracker on my phone. My friends knew where I was going. I would send pictures of who I was with. I would give an address. I would have to check in with them when I got back. Like these are precautions just for a regular date. And so when somebody – oh, gosh. I would get it a lot too. Um, of hey, can I come over? No, I don't know you, and my what? children are here. Oh well, I'll go come when they go to sleep. No, no, I, you will not.
0: Is, is this a, is this a new thing? Were we doing this? because we're all the same age, you know, give or take, right? A couple years. I mean, difference. I'm younger than you, but uh. y- yeah, and better looking. <laughs> but um, but when we were in college, mm-hmm. this didn't exist. We had women we had, did that. So did you? Yeah. So did you? We didn't have phone trackers either. So like, we didn't have phone did trackers. You, did you but still plan ahead back then?
1: So when we would go out to a bar. And one of the ladies was going to go home with a guy. I literally, because I was the loud one, I literally took a picture of their license <laughs> before I would let him go. That's
0: got to be rare though, right? That's not common practice.
1: Well, maybe not for everybody, but we always had precautions. In okay. All. So you're going to text me and tell me where you're, you know, where you're going, who you're with, all of that. Um, it was common a lot. And well, as you know, I was a bartender for many years. Right. so. I watch all that stuff when I was bartender. Yeah. I'm like, hey, where are you going? Where are your friends at? Do they know where you're going? I absolutely did that.
0: I guess what I'm wondering is, is did dating become more dangerous?
1: Not for because, us. It's always been that way.
0: Because well, and here's where I'm thinking: like, at least in person, you know who you're dealing with, right? For all intent and purpose, you don't have a an anonymous profile. Well, there was more people
1: that would see you. So, like, that's say you too. met at a that's bar, yeah. you had a group of people that saw what was going on. You're doing it on an app. Nobody you don't even know if that's going, their yeah, real name. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The spoof accounts, that kind of thing, just mm-hmm. just for the purposes of harm. Yep. Right.
2: And I think, fortunately, um, the apps want it to be real. And so they, they ask you for identifiers and phone numbers and things like that. Oh, okay. Um, that, that to said, a point,
1: but it's very minimal.
2: To, to a point. But I've absolutely messed with people where, you know, after three days of speaking with them, they say, oh, by the way, my name isn't, you know, Jennifer, it's Stacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, well, why'd you lie about <laughs> well, this is starting names? off poorly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Would, yeah, you like, well, Would you do that at a bar? Would you do that at a bar? You wouldn't do that at a
1: well,
2: bar, I don't think. I don't
1: know. No, a lot of women well, do that. At so, but it stems at from concern,
2: too. right? So it's, it's someone who, like, if you don't know... Like there's there's a lot of profiles you see of people where it's it's just a photo of a lake
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and there's no information and it's that se- that seems to indicate someone who isn't sure that they want to be on there or not and they're that indicates
1: to, be- to me that they're married.
2: I, well, I think it could <laughs> a lot. Of mean, time. a number of things. It could be someone trying to find out if their spouse or the person they're dating. Mm-hmm. Is on there and they're trying to find them. I've seen I've seen that happen. Right. So there's there's wow. a whole spectrum of things oh, of why. Yeah. People are there's there. a lo-
1: so you learn. You learn so the glad little I'm tricks. not doing this. Oh, yeah. So you learn the little tricks. Like one of the things I, I tell everybody is like if it says that if you're looking for long term and it says recently divorced, recently separated or separated. um, What was the other one? Uh, just got out of a long-term relationship anything that's a red flag for me unless you're going in it just for sexual purposes which if that's your intent okay that's your intent there's nothing wrong with that but there's certain things to look for if they are if their bio is spent being angry and you better not blah blah oh, blah yeah. blah which happens a lot
0: <laughs> all the advance warnings
1: yeah, it's yeah fascinating. I will not hang out with you unless you hang out on the first date. hey guess what that's a red flag and you just need trust your intuition if you get a bad feeling about somebody on there by just reading or looking at the picture trust that it's there for a reason and just so, swipe left
2: <laughs> so this is, this is where it's challenging this is where I um I think that the whole thing is just absolutely fraught with peril so uh fraught
0: is an underused word
2: <laughs> peril you've true. used what
0: you've perilous <laughs>
2: and peril I like that too <laughs> um is that it, so it, it's fascinating to me to see um people lead off with negatives Mm
1: -hmm. you know so
2: if 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 a dating app profile is ultimately your age uh mechanism to market yourself then at some level you have to consciously or into it that you are a product and you're trying to put yourself out there and maybe not view yourself as a product, but like, how would I want to put myself forward? How do I want people to see, I want initially? to see me? Yeah. Cause that initial impression is it, it's yay yeah or nay and it's mm-hmm. seconds. And so it's like, how do I want them to see me? So for myself, I chose like, well, always go with the positive big smiley photos, had a couple, you know, cute dog photos, adventure photos. Oh,
1: you went and the dog it, route. I, I know your tricks.
2: It's gold. <laughs> cool. um, but instead of like being the bleeding heart, Oh, looking for love and I wanted this and that and a blah, mm-hmm. you know, all that. I just put up jokes, which ultimately got me deplatformed. That
0: was a strategy. Um, I remember no, you talking
2: it, about that. That was a strategy. It's actually like, a really good strategy. Let's see it. Let's see if this works. And then you got booted. <laughs> so you get deplatformed. <laughs> How did
1: you get deplatformed for that?
2: Um, my opening line was Cardi B is to music, what Jeffrey Epstein was to chivalry.
1: <laughs> uh, I would have swiped you.
0: You knocked Cardi B. That was the problem. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Knock Epstein and then, all you want. And then somehow probably oh was defend was calling uh, a terrible human being, a chivalrous individual. Like, you know, some people are too stupid to interpret the basics, but um, really so, what you're
0: saying there, in case the listening audience doesn't know, is you're saying you didn't like Cardi B's music.
2: I think she's you, just, you know what I mean? Just, like
0: that's that's really the statement there. And if you come out and you put that in your profile to
2: music her contribution to music is what Jeffrey Epstein's contribution to chivalry was right it's and, that
0: but I'm time. wondering I mean I do I do want to explore this for a second because you just communication heard can, yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> so the uh, the the statement is important because if you had just said um, I'm Adam I Go in the. I go backpacking. I like ice hockey. I um, hang out with my dog, and I don't listen to Cardi B's music because I think it sucks. You're not getting deplatformed for that. Why the difference? And I've got. I mean, you guys are s- really smart people. We're all pretty intelligent fools, and two of us work specifically in human behavior.
1: People are easily what, what's triggered. The answer? That's triggering.
0: Why though? What makes it triggering?
2: Well, because people are trained to be babies. Um, it could be these nos- days sure
1: non-self.
2: maybe we we've, yeah. we've gotten to a point where uh razor. being a victim and be projecting that you are offended or a victim is rewarded that's and cel- really celebrating accurate. certain things is rewarded and ultimately we're all we're pack animals. Yeah. We're <laughs> conditioned to We're respond. not, but we are right. We're communal yeah. animals. And so we want to, we, there's, there's a thing with, you know, social interaction where you want to be part of the group. And so if the group is rewarding a certain behavior, you're going to exhibit that behavior, whether you believe it or not, you're going to do it. Um, so, okay. So, so back to the whole thing about it being fraught with peril though. Yeah. So I noticed, thanks for indulging um, me by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed a number of people who led off with like incredibly, negative things it was f you if you're gonna do this and that mm-hmm. and blah, blah 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 and my instinct is oh you unpleasant woman you know <laughs> i want Mine nothing is, to do with i you. really
1: want you to read walk through anger <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. and, but maybe maybe she's not an unpleasant person maybe mm-hmm. she just got 68 dick pics sent to her yeah. and was verbally assaulted by absolute savage men. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Hey, if you're going to be an asshole, I'm not interested in you. And so my so so what happens? I see a snapshot of who someone is in an emotional moment that she's put forward, and my mind has to fill in ninety-nine point nine nine percent of the gaps, and then my assumptions can't be correct, but they're gonna fill in the gaps, and then I make a judgment about who she is as a person, her yep. character, her behavior, our ability to connect and establish a friendship, relationship, courtship, any of those things, and she's dismissed as a person. And it's it's terrible to practice dismissing people the other thing that i think is challenging is that um why i think it's so and this sort of gets to my um line of thinking or about like what communication is how it developed and evolved and where we're at today is that when you when you match with someone you immediately have hope and i'd say you have hope before you match with them when you Mm -hmm. see them Send out interest, swipe right, leave a comment, whatever the thing is, you have hope, and then you have even more when they match with you.
0: And how many people whose name is literally hope did you experience that with?
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Anyone named Hope listening to this match with despair. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So you hope that the person is who they are relative to how they presented themselves. Um, and you hope that you connect and you hope that it goes somewhere and you hope all these things. Cause at the end of the day, we all want connection and, and connection has a variety of uh, applications, but that's ultimately what's at the core of all of this. And so <clears throat> when you talk and you, t- well, you're, you're communicating via text and if things are going well and there's chemistry and there's fluidity and they seem to be able to pick up on tone, uh, reasonably accurately. So you know, things like sarcasm are brutal to try to figure out. Yeah. If you think about it via text, which is why like, we have
0: emojis, by the way. And those of you who are old enough can remember and think back to when we did just um, ASCII emojis, where it's you know yeah. colon colon in a Even- parenthesis
2: but even emoji so emojis are very helpful but even those can they be don't, misinterpreted sure they don't yeah. fill the gap you know i i recently ran into an issue where i texted someone it was it was nothing more than a factual statement with a smiley face and the smiley face was interpreted as me talking down to them and belittling them and i was like what so it was, hmm. it was interpreted as uh as a derogatory sarcastic in your face statement. And it wasn't intended to be, but that's how it came across because I wasn't able to be there in the room with the person and they weren't able to see the wink on my face or the chuckle or whatever. So <clears throat> anyway, so when you're texting someone, you know, the communication's going well, the chemistry is building and you're feeling positive emotions and you're hopeful and you want to move things forward, but the mind still doesn't have 99% of the gaps of the information, but the mind is hardwired to fill in those gaps. And so it does. And it does so with a lot of assumptions. And if the chemistry is going well and the communication is going well, it's filling them in with positives. You start to imagine what their voice sounds like. Yeah. You start to imagine what their body language is. You start to imagine what their style of humor is. You start to imagine all of these things, believe them to be true And then you meet face to face and there's a huge disconnect between who they really are and who you've imagined them to be. That's what you called projection by the way. Yeah. And then you have cognitive dissonance where Mm -hmm. like they don't line up with the idea of what, Mm -hmm. like who they are in reality doesn't line up with your idea of who they are. And your brain has to try to solve for that and figure it out. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. And I've, I've had a number of situations where there's mutual attraction, you connect, the chemistry is there, and then you meet face-to-face, and there's and both people are like, something's just off. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, you're not the person I imagined you to be. And you're probably a great person. And had I met you in a different context, nothing would feel off. It would all be as, as fluid and great as our texting conversations. But we spent so much time covering so much content uh, without any context for who the other person was, that we are in different.
1: Yeah, did, this isn't
2: isn't is wouldn't it am- be good? And, and then you go, job. oh well, maybe oh, this okay. wasn't meant to be. Maybe this isn't a good fit. And it's like, it actually could be an amazing fit, but because of the medium that we met and how we established that connection.
1: One, well, you still can. I definitely got friends out of it where we we're both like, eh, no, but you're cool. <laughs> same yeah but same. um but that's also the difference that I I mention a lot is the difference between hope and expectation So the problem is when we have expectations on what's going on, this is what develops. And then we get this like fantasy or this image in our head and then we actually meet in person and it's not that image. But if you go into it, yeah, like, yeah, it would be cool and this would be awesome. But we give up that expectation of, oh, this is the person. This is the person I'm going to be with forever. This is the relationship I want or whatever. But you just allow, just be, just be in the moment. Enjoy the time. You're meeting somebody new. It doesn't mean that you can't have fun. You can have fun with them. Say you go to, well, you know, when the world was around, you know, and you went to like an escape room or something, just enjoy it. And if that turns out to not be the person that you do, you know, you want to develop something more with, then that's fine. You got a new friend. But when we put the expectations on ourselves, then we're like, oh, well, now I can't even be friends because I met you in, on, on an app, but if there's uh-huh. no expectation and you're just going to meet somebody new and allowing what to happen or what's going to happen to happen, then everybody's good.
0: Let me let me ask this because I, I I'm really curious, and I've gotten a variety of answers and I've talked to a couple of people about it. What why even why even date with apps? I mean, this isn't it's not necessary in my head. I get I get the I get the pushback. You know, especially for older people, people who are busy. But like, quarantine. come on! This is yeah. Well, yeah. But it predated <laughs> well, so it predated really, lockdowns. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, but you know. So okay, I get the technical reasons, but they didn't exist ten years ago. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody was. Oh man, i I guess I'm just gonna have to leaf through the phone book. <laughs> like so, I'm. My concern, and this is why I'm asking this, comes from our broader culture pushing a message of um, do more with less, instant gratification, mm-hmm. c- highly customizable, and that's just. fact of the day, right? And it's like, well, maybe it's not necessarily universally applicable or true. Um, It's great that I can get DoorDash to drop off food at my house and I don't actually have to go out and purchase it, let alone buy the ingredients and make it myself, God forbid. But do we really need to do that in all aspects of our life?
1: But I think of the fear and the social anxiety aspect. So back before apps were super popular, you went to a bar. You had to push through that fear exactly. to talk to somebody. And now it's it's kind of – it can be like the easy way out. It's oh, the well, gratification, I'm right? Yeah. OK. I'm, I'm scared to talk to the girl or I'm scared to talk to the guy. Well, hey, if he matches with me, I know if, at least he's interested or whatever. And so then that takes off some of it. But the truth is it really doesn't.
0: This just adds to what Adam was talking about. Talking about earlier with our with our erosion of what I call distress tolerance, Mm -hmm. like right, like I don't want to tolerate any distress. I want to make I want want to filter everything through a a a sieve before it gets to me, so that I'm safe, right? And and it's like we're all looking for perfection and safety, even with COVID, right? Right? With unrealistic expectations. When when are the restrictions going to going to get relaxed by our our overlords? Nobody's even asked. Nobody's asked. And, and actually expected a response, right? We talk about it, but it's like, what is the expectation? Zero risk? Because that's kind of what it's starting to feel like. And I'm I'm really concerned that, that that's that's kind of our unconscious expectation about everything now. It's like zero risk. I'm not going to date you unless I go through 7,000 profiles and I'm 100% so, certain that you're going to be my or, wife.
2: <laughs> zero, zero risk, full reward, right?
0: Is, mm-hmm. is the there you goal. go. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, so I work in finance, right? One of the most common questions is, you know, I, what's your risk people? level? Yeah. <laughs> Well, or, or we talk about, I don't ever ask that specific question, but I, I get a gauge of how, how emotionally connected people are to volatility through just a series of exploring things. But I'm
0: going to steal that phrase, by the way, I'm, how emotionally connected are you to volatility? That's a really <laughs> good phrase. Cause I, I teach emotional functioning. That's a, that's a great, thank you for that.
2: Yeah. It's like, well, upside volatility or downside. No one <laughs> has, no one feels bad with upside, but we all love uh, the upside, you know, it's like, I'll, and not only how much do you feel the downside, but um, Mania is great till it wrecks your life. <laughs> how much do you understand? How, how much do you understand what your true downside potential is? Most people have, I mean, zero tools in the belt to figure that out in a variety of mm. aspects of life. But so you, 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 know, you were talking, oh, so anyway, so the risk thing, you know, ask, well, what do you want? Everyone's like, oh, well, I want to make a million dollars and I never want to lose any money. You know, or I want to make a 100% return and, not, and never see it. You
0: can down. do like, that? Yeah, of course. You can do that for us.
2: Yeah, always.
1: That's so what I heard.
0: I heard Adam 100%. can make you a million dollars without losing anything <laughs> or even staking any. Nice. So,
2: yeah, so that's the, um, you know, zero risk, full reward. And, you know, one of the things of like relationships is that you have to work through them because the moment another person walks into the room, there will be differences.
1: Oh, please Unless- say that again for the people in the back. <laughs>
2: So the moment someone walk walks into the room, there will be differences.
1: No, before that, there was so many that I just got out of this relationship. And then they would blame you for things early on in the conversation. Please, please work through your trauma.
2: Oh, that please, part.
1: please work through it.
2: It's, um, so one of the things that like you're talking about that distress tolerance is like, we, you know, we don't we don't like it. It doesn't feel good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. And society has sent a message that you should just be happy. It's like, no, not necessarily. Like, is it, is it fun or, you know, life should be fun. And that's what makes it happy. It's like, well, life should also be meaningful and rewarding. And those aren't necessarily fun and happy. Like I climb mountains in some pretty brutal conditions on a regular basis. And it is not fun to put one leg after the, in front of the next. Like it is, it can be excruciatingly painful But when I reach that summit, it is meaningful. uh, It is purposeful. There's a sense of uh, accomplishment that ultimately does feel good and it is rewarding. But it's not fun and it's not happy. It's neither of those things. And if you don't know how to push through and overcome obstacles, uh, life's going to be pretty catastrophic potentially for you. And these dating apps combined with all those messages create that in everybody. So one of the things is like, you know, you were talking about like the anxiety of going to a bar and having to talk to someone and, and push through that. And some people don't. So myself, for example, I'm an introvert by nature. Um, probably like a high reactive introvert, but an introvert. And so all growing up, I uh, always have been baby face. I've looked young, I've been small. And so, you know, the girls that I liked in you know, my junior year of high school wanted nothing to do with me. The freshmen thought I was cute or the eighth graders, but I wasn't about to date an eighth grader in high school. <laughs> and so, cause I just, I just looked young and that, that I didn't, that didn't start to yield rewards until about my junior year of college.
1: Yep. As a um,
2: <laughs> yeah. And then it's been, it's been great ever since, but that's when it began. Well, I was scared to go up to a girl and talk to a girl, especially not being the, the jock athlete that drew the attention or the whatever. And so like I developed a sense of humor and I developed other things. And at the end of the day, like I wanted to meet a girl and fall in love and get married and have babies and the whole thing. And so I was like, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I'm not going to do it by walking up to a girl. Cause that doesn't, that's not going to work for me. That's not how you but have babies. <laughs> I can make myself desirable. Yeah, <laughs> I can make self uh to be desirable. And maybe the girls will ask me out. Maybe they'll approach me and make it easy on me to figure out this thing that I haven't figured out. So I learned how to play guitar and sing and got on stage and there make you. them a million dollars. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah That's it. Um, and so like I learned how to, in a sea of people be the one that stood out so that I didn't have to be in the rap race and But still, it was, well, one per, you're dating one person or talking to one person according to pursuing one person. And you're still pursuing the qualities of an individual and it's not a numbers game. But in Mm -hmm. the dating app world, it's a free market. It is, it is a supermarket of people and it quantifies them, dehumanizes them. And the mo, what I've noticed in myself and in others is the moment you meet resistance in the connection, even the smallest amount, the instinct is to go, eh, you know what? I've got six or seven other connections that I can go pursue. I don't have to deal with this. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. On any Absolutely. level. Like, oh, you were late. I don't have to deal with people who are late. I'm going to go talk to another cute girl. I matched with. So another oh, you part like of that though, I like my dog. I'm going to go match with another girl and just, and because it's an open I, market, it's a seemingly bottomless supply of people who are showing up and wanting to go through it. Then it's like, well, why do I need to put up with you or push through and establish a connection, and like really get some roots right. that can take hold when I can just be off to the next one? And yeah. it's Wait, really- here's a
1: twist, though, for the for the woman aspect of this, because even though, like I said, we get a lot more options, like because there's a lot coming through there, there's a different twist because it's like, oh, well, I can't say this or I can't place this boundary because then he's going to ghost me and he's not going to talk to me anymore. And and so there's that aspect, too. And so I very, very much encourage, and not just women, but, are, but men, too, is to know what you're going into, knowing what you're wanting so that you can establish those boundaries. If you are not com- comfortable talking about sex in the first two sentences, which a lot of people are not, then state it. If they don't like you, then they are not the right person for you. And that's okay. I'm, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, the boundary thing, because – Go ahead and finish. Sorry, I just cut you off.
1: I'm used to it, Jake.
0: I don't do that. <laughs> we you need no, better boundaries. Listen, <laughs> to Adam. He doesn't shut Jake, up. You he try to interrupt I him, know. and he just talks right out of the top. I of you.
1: know. Yeah. What's up? Dealing Adam? with
0: it for twenty God, years. Adam.
1: <laughs> no, but the boundary thing is really, really important. And, and just to stick by it no matter what, because you know what, if they are not going to respect your boundaries in the beginning when they do not know you in the honeymoon stage where that's where people are at their best, do you know what's going to happen later on if you start dating them? Right. It's going to get worse, and it's going to intensify. Trust yourself. If you physically feel in your body uncomfortable, there's a reason why you need to place a boundary somewhere. Figure out what that boundary is.
0: And to Adam's point earlier about the um, the the screw off if you don't like you know mm-hmm. my attitude pre announcement, um, I, all I heard was, "Oh, that sounds like ineffective boundary setting." It's boundaries, but it's it's just not well received. It lands poorly on people, right? Mm-hmm. So and it also speaks to yield theory. I'm glad you brought up walking through anger from our friend and yours, Dr. Christian Conti, um, where you see through the outward behaviors of a person and into the soul on the inside, but it's really impossible to do if everybody's advertisement is I'm, I'm prickly, right? Okay. <laughs> like, like we, we purposely don't touch cactuses, even though they have nutrients and value to them in some cases because they're prickly. Um, I, I don't know how we delineate, you know, between, uh, Prickly, don't don't touch. Versus, oh, that's a healthy boundary. I respect that. That's probably somebody I want to pursue.
1: Presentation.
0: It, yeah, it could be a presentation. Sure, you, you make... and intuition. So let me let me ask this because I want to be mindful of time. Um, I want to make this uplifting because it feels like we've we've spent a lot of time analyzing the the woes, <laughs> right? And and maybe categorically, it's just. Hey, resist the temptation to go the easy route. Don't, don't do updating, go, go put yourself out there and really make a concerted effort. I don't know, but how, what do we, what advice do we give people? It, we're trying to push this around Valentine's day, you know, in the U S and, um, it's traditionally the, the romantic holiday. And if people don't, aren't in relationships, then they call it, you know, black Valentine's day or what I don't even know what they call it, but, <laughs> but, um, it can be, it can be really hard, right? Cause you got this constant bombardment and reminder of like how lonely you are. So we don't want to turn people off, but how do we tell them to use it effectively if they're going to use it, or do they even need to use it? Angel, go first.
1: Okay, so I met my boyfriend on an app. I, I he don't... met his
0: girlfriend on an app.
1: See, there we go. It's it's not that it's all negative. It's just to be realistic about what going what's going on. I want to say just stay curious. Just stay curious about getting to know people, and then if you click cool. Have fun. Just, you know, stop putting all these expectations on somebody that you don't know. Just get to know them. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I was on them for years. And there were a lot of people that you know what it just did not work and it didn't even get to the point of meeting in person or maybe it did and which is fine doesn't mean that they aren't great people it just means that you know they weren't the right fit for me and then that provides the opportunity for me to meet somebody that is right for me and for them to meet somebody Mm. that's right for them
0: so you're pushing a bad position Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I mean, you became single, I'm assuming, because, you know, it didn't work and you didn't have, you know, a great relationship prior, which is fine. Why push yourself or force yourself into another one? Wait for somebody who is right for you that you do enjoy spending time with and just stay curious and have fun. If the worst thing that happens is that you guys go out and do something and you have a good time, but you don't click. okay, you had a good day. All right. Cool.
2: What do you think? Um, so I, I think, I th- yeah, I think going into it with that mindset of being okay with things not working out or not going the way you want them to go is, is good. Um, one of my sort of like cynical jokes that I sort of, or realizations that I came up with, you know, a couple of, well, as a result of, you know, failing in my marriage and then failing in with certain dating, you know, just. Mm -hmm. Kind of the the challenges, the dating app was like, you know, one of the tragic comedies of life is that it is largely a series of failed romances. Hmm. Yeah. For almost everyone. And that includes people who are married. It doesn't mean that their romance hasn't failed. Or is it a
1: pattern of self-discovery?
2: Yeah. So, um, well, I think people hear failure
0: and think bad, but failure can be very, very rewarding if you, you know, use it properly. Learn, so if I don't you want to judge learn, the word. Yeah.
2: So I I think well I'd say, you know, one of the valuable utilities of the dating app platform is that if you go into it um, without overloading expectations, learn to not take too much uh Uh, too much away from the negative such as being ghosted or being mistreated or whatever it might be, or, or, not connecting with people the way you think and using each of those situations as an opportunity to discover things about yourself and others to learn what they're looking for, what that spectrum is, what you like, don't like uncover how you, you know, about yourself, what you uncover about others, how you respond in certain situations. Like that's one of the lo- the most valuable things I've taken away from the last, you know, a year and a half or two of, of dating is that um, I've done a, a fair amount of it and I've learned something valuable from every single experience. Even if it was nothing more than going out for a cider or a beer or whatever it might be, I've taken something away from it where I've look, been able to look inside and go, Oh, well that's interesting.
0: I just hmm. took away that Adam led with cider. <laughs> Hello. Would you like to join me for a cider later? Well, you know, lots of women are gluten free these days, so (laughs) (laughs) that is really funny. Um, So what I'm what I'm hearing is this theme of uh, humble curiosity throughout, Mm -hmm. right? Humble curiosity um, about yourself, too. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which (laughs) you're on the dating app for yourself. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I am. Uh, I I want company, (laughs) and and if if you separate. The I want company from all the other benefits that you guys just illuminated. I think you'll uh, you'll end up being a lot happier. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of non attachment too,
1: mm-hmm.
0: being being non attached to expectations, not attached to outcomes, uh, not attached to your own ideas and beliefs, so that you can grow, which mm-hmm. is super important. So um, yeah, good job. I'm really thankful for both of you, uh, Angel, for bringing it up because we've we've been kicking around this for a long time. And finally it just happened. Cause you're like Valentine's day. I was like, you're right. I don't have anything on the calendar. Um, and Adam and I have been talking about this forever. You, you and I have talked a lot about the deep psychological, um, twists and turns, which I'm really glad you, you highlighted cause I don't come up with them. You do. You're smarter than I am most of the time. And, um, I, I really, I'm glad we He's recaptured both them. of us, right?
1: <laughs> nope. This is all you, Adam. I just sit here.
0: <laughs> for right now yes it's just you um but but i, I appreciate the conversations but i always wish that you know more people were listening to them now we had a chance to you know to do that so that's pretty cool um but mostly because i just texted you out of the blue and i was like hey what are you doing in the next hour uh so, so thank you for carving out the time i appreciate it um here's what i've been Sorry. doing lately uh yeah go ahead oh go ahead i, was, I was just asked the guests for uh Exhortations, or invitations, or um, suggested takeaways for the audience.
2: Blank stares. <laughs> Be okay with life being a series of failed romances.
1: <laughs> and it does not mean that you are a failure.
2: Right, right. We all have failures. It doesn't mean or we it are it failures. Could mean that you are. <laughs>
1: Only in Adam's case, none of you. Yeah. You
2: got to do some soul searching to figure that out, and be honest in that soul searching.
1: But we'll use it. I mean, every every time that a failure occurs, you're learning more about what you like, what you don't like, what you're actually looking for, who you are, where you're at. Have fun with it.
0: Yeah. For shizzle. Well, thanks both of you for making the time. I really appreciate it. Um, I. uh I can't wait to do this again sometime. Thank you. On behalf of the Noggin Notes family and the Zephyr Wellness family, of which Angel is a part, and Adam, by virtue of our connection on the website, because uh, your organization, we should plug your organization real quick before we leave, Change Wealth Advisors, um, does some some serious socially conscious work in the community. Go ahead and talk about that real quick.
2: Uh, Well, um, yeah, so – it's a wealth management firm. We do financial planning and things like that. But the, the idea that I founded the practice on was that uh, our perspective of wealth doesn't have to be strictly monetary and that we can have uh, operations that are uh, intentionally connected to things that are important issues. So um, human trafficking has been a huge issue or a recurring thing in my life that I've been passionate about uh, connecting to. And You mean fighting so- it. Against yes, supporting, the- <laughs> and so, um, instead of just doing some charity uh, behind closed doors or behind the scenes, I wanted people to know that, um, there was a firm out there that was doing this intentionally as part of its mission. Beyond just doing what we do professionally, it also exists for the express purpose of supporting victims of human trafficking supporting efforts to proactively get in the way of it and prevent it from happening in the first place. Um, and it sounds kind of millennial social justice-y, but um, <laughs> a bit, but yeah, right sort sort of founded on that concept that it was more than just turning numbers into more numbers and everybody getting financially wealthy in the process, but like having some other, uh, other types of wealth. You know, all, all
0: justice is noble when when done properly, you know. So um, I think people have put adjectives in front of these things lately um, because it – I don't think it's sinister. I think it helps delineate what they're passionate about: criminal justice, social justice, racial justice, economic justice. Right? So we got adjective justice, and and we do this in other places. But I think it helps refine the message of what it is that we're doing. If you just say, "Yeah, you know, I I act on behalf of others," you am like, "All right, cool." Who? <laughs> and so it, it's it's not a bad thing. I think I think it's a very precise messaging, and I I appreciate it. And, and Angel, you're right. I mean, we're it's like this. <laughs> this culture our globally is just now waking up to this thing that's been been with us for tens of thousands of years, I would mm-hmm. imagine. And, you know, good on us, good on you, and that's why we have your logo on our website and why we do click-throughs, you know. Hopefully you're getting traffic from that. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, we I appreciate you doing that, and thank you. So now I Ooh. can wrap up um, without the false start. <laughs> on behalf of the Zephyr Wellness family and the Noggin Notes family, and change wealth advisors. We wish you all great mental wellness. Bye-bye.